Are you ready to dive into a world of captivating stories, laughter, and enlightenment? Look no further than Unfiltered Studios, your gateway to an incredible podcasting experience. Join St. Joe on Nailed It as he explores life's victories, one nail at a time. Petals of Support brings you heartwarming tales that remind us, even in the darkest moments, there's beauty and hope. Get ready to be entertained by the wit and humor of The Sleevy G Show, where interviews are always fascinating. Need a good laugh? Tune in to Refiltered, our comedy podcast that's sure to tickle your funny bone. Discover inner peace and guidance on Finding Your Way, a spiritual podcast that nurtures your soul. Relax your mind and body with hypno-wellness, your path to a healthier, more balanced life. Love movies? Movie Lovers Unite is your passport to a world of cinematic wonders. Immerse yourself in the magic of storytelling, laughter, and enlightenment as you're taken on a journey through the fascinating realm of movies and television. And don't forget the Stupid History Minute, where we uncover the quirkiest stories of everyday items. Unfiltered Studios is your destination for diverse, engaging content. Subscribe now and join the podcasting revolution. Unfiltered Studios, where every story finds its voice. Visit unfpod.com today. And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me, I have my good friend Soda here with me. We're going to be re- we're actually going to be doing our ranking of the worst and best films in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. I'm excited to have Soda here doing this with me, and of course, we're also part of Unfiltered Studios now. So go on ahead, check out their network, wherever you guys get your podcasts from, and all that stuff. They have the Sleepy G Show. They have a Hypnosis uh, podcast on there. They have a bunch of other stuff going on with the Unfiltered Studios. So go on ahead, check them out. And with further ado, let's go ahead. Let's get on with the ranking now. Doing good, man. I was just thinking the very first time I came on this channel to talk to Iron Elm Street, you didn't have any of these bells and whistles. <laughs> right? And now here I am in my own little uh, Freddy Cougar house of mysteries here playing with Not a bunch of that, bells man. and whistles. I'm like, look at you. You're uh, part of a podcast network, man. You're like, you're doing it. Thanks, man. This has been my dream for a long time since I've started doing the podcast mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's just hard to believe now that's actually the tangibleization of it actually happening. Right. That's what shows that you put in the work and <laughs> grenades don't get thrown your way and enemies possible. Exactly. But, man, I remember when we did our Nightmare on Elm Street uh, review a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it was for part three. And, you know, at first I was like, well, let's go ahead, let's do, like, just review the rest of them. I'm like, no, let's just do a ranking. And I think that a ranking is actually perfect for doing something like this. And I want to start off with, like, the bad ones and then go into the worst ones. And I think that's just rip the Band-Aid right off, right? Are just let... the remake? I can't remember if I asked you that or not. What's that? If we were including the remake. I can't remember if I asked yep. you. Okay. Yeah, we're going to do the remake. All right, so. Okay, let's do it. So I'm going to start off, and my let me go to my notes real quick, and I'll be able to tell you guys what I'm having my worst of the Nightmare on All Street movies. So I've actually got, um, matter of fact, I actually have the remake as my worst. 
So I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid right off of there. I was excited going into it because of the stuff with the Watchmen, with Jackie playing uh, Fred Cougar into this into the franchise and stuff like that, and a reboot of it. And, of course, Platinum Dunes is also the one who's actually was the ones who produced this film. And I was just excited because of the fact that we actually get to see Fred Cougar being killed off by the parents and being uh, and seeing that happen versus mm-hmm. it being talked about, even though I just like it being talked about in the very first one, but I wanted to see more of the continuity within it. But to be honest with you, he wasn't that scary. He wasn't that menacing to me in this one. Yeah, there was a couple of things that I liked, like the claw coming out of the person's chest and this. And then, of course, they tried to do something a little bit different inside the supermarket where you see a little bit of Flash of Freddy, and then you see uh, him knocking some of the stuff over on the shelf, indicating the uh, boiler room part. But other than that, though, the elements in itself didn't really do well for me because it was like a beat for beat of the original movie instead of letting it be its own thing. But what about for you? Well, okay, so it's not my worst, and I'll give you my reasons. But my uh, so uh, am I going to say my worst now? Like, how is this going to work? Uh, we can do. We can actually just bounce off of each other with it, where you basically you just want to say, well, why why this is your best. Okay. for you okay. and yeah so that way we can actually just bounce off each other that way so okay so my worst that is actually it is not the remake it is uh freddy's dead the final nightmare um because i can at least find one thing that i like in uh, that in the nightmare on tree remake whereas in this one there's not really anything i like at all <laughs> um, it's it's really it's there's a reason why they tried to kill the franchise when they did this one. It's not a great film. Um, unfortunately, it was Rachel Tellerly's, I believe, screen, her directorial debut. Um, she's gone on to do a lot of great stuff, but this was not one of them. Um, yeah, there's, like I said, there's no, in my opinion, there's no real redeeming qualities in this one. The kills are are uninspired at best. Um, the Breck and Meyer getting killed in the video game, like, like no. Um Okay, the right one thing I'm like, okay, maybe it's the it's the kill with the the kid with the um yeah Carlos. Carlos. And I do have to admit, I do have that one as my worst yeah. as well. I yeah, I do have to admit that is a great kill. But outside of that, like it's a forgettable film, and it was one that tried to cash in on the on the '90s craze of 3D. Yeah, even if you look at the 3D effects and stuff like that, yeah, it was new. It was something new and fresh and popping at that time with the 3D effects. But once you get it home to watch yeah. on DVD or whatever, it's just that spec that spectacle is just not there. If, if and, you compare it to like yeah. Friday the 13th Part 3, which was also in 3D, that 3D is actually kind of enjoyable because you know it's not going to age well. Where it's like at least, but at least they tried with the effects or whatever. Whereas this one, very much CGI in your face, like all these multiple Freddy's heads flying at the screen like no no <laughs> and that's something that i didn't like with the with this last nightmare and Elm street movie either was with uh part six and i didn't like how confusing it was it just felt like it was just jumbled all together it was trying to be something and it didn't know quite they didn't know the direction that they wanted to go in with it mm-hmm. um just have the cameos of johnny depp getting kid upside the head with the frying pan which i thought was funny but it wasn't enough for me to say yeah, yeah. i need to go ahead and invest in more time in watching this movie or anything like that yeah the video game sequence and everything made me laugh but it wasn't like an intelligent kind of kill 
the best kill for probably would be Carlos whenever he winds up turning the hearing aid into like a Freddy hearing aid and doing it that way, especially with the chalkboard and then his head exploding. That to me was a smart kill on the way to do it using a hearing and a hearing aid to do that. But I like the concept of the fact that you have these crazed parents who are basically crazy because their kids died because of Freddy and Freddie's trying to find a way on to get to these kids through his daughter, which I wish they would actually did more on that versus it being so congluted with cameos here. And it was just too confusing and stuff, especially in that schoolhouse scene where basically the guys, uh, the teacher's basically acting like he's teaching a class and there's no one there and giving us a timeline of every single thing that Freddie has done. I just didn't like any of it inside the film itself. Yeah. And I remember renting it from Blockbuster being very disappointed. Yeah. The only reason I have this is because I'm a completionist. So when I do a rewatch, I will do a rewatch. But I, it, it, yeah. I mean, yeah, we get a cool, we get a young Breckenmeyer and we get Alice Cooper as Freddy's dad. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and a weird cameo by Roseanne Barr and. Tom Arnold because of the like, fact that they're just in the like 90s. Fodder at that time. I don't know if you remember or not. Because, yeah, you're old. Yeah. A little bit older than me, right? Yeah, I'm 38. Okay, yeah, I'm 36. So, yeah, so yeah, you remember them being cat and fodder at the time. So, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, but let's go on to the next one because I don't, yeah, this one's bad. <laughs> yeah, this is something that I don't really enjoy either. So, yeah. okay, so now that we broke off the band aid for that one. I'm going to have to go with Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, The Dream Child. Mm. That, I, that I, I, I do get. For me, this is where the remake would fall. Okay, I yeah. gotcha. Yeah. And for me personally, whenever I look at Dream Child, especially coming off of the third and fourth Nightmare on Elm Street movies, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, I really enjoyed those, uh, those two back-to-back because it connects. Yeah, you have the one character that survived from the uh, third and fourth movie in it, but it's revolving around the child. It's not, and even that whole entire scene where you have Freddie being born again in a church, and you know, I just didn't like that whole entire element of his, it's a boy. And then, of course, the use of the bitch word wasn't that clever either. I think the welcome to prime time bitch was actually the best line that they had in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, three. Uh, Dream Warriors, to be honest with you. And then after that, it was just like one of those lines where one-liners that he would actually throw in every single time when you turned around. And yeah. it just doesn't work. You know, it's like, well, we have that one line from part three, Robert. Can you go on and deliver the rest, uh, do it in the rest of the movie? Sure, no problem. <laughs> so, yeah, three was yeah. definitely the peak of the humor. <laughs> but I do have to say, the only thing I liked with five was maybe two of the death scenes. In this, I like the motorcycle scene where the boyfriend's trying to go. Which um, was yeah, a yeah. lot longer, but the MPAA make them cut. Right, I remember that in the documentary that yeah. of the Nightmare on Elm Street making. Yeah, and uh, I also like the other kill where you actually have the comic book writer and artist, and he gets killed in his own creation so i thought that was a neat kind of way of actually using someone's hobby as a way to kill somebody and i thought that was a clever way of actually doing it but then after that it turns death from freddy's dead that's what this is this is the better version i could see that in a sense but it just doesn't work for me 
because that one they used the video game, which was his passion or whatever, to kill him. The same thing here. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. And another thing, though, too, man, the, the other thing I like um, but, but this, though, it has like a labyrinth kind of feel to it, especially whenever she's trying to uh, rescue the child in the dream with the staircases. It has like a labyrinth kind of feel and texture to it. Very much so. There's definitely like it, this is the one where you, they have the, the scene where like where they're running up all the different staircases, right? Yeah, yeah. But it just doesn't do it for me. Just having those little small elements for me. Mm-hmm. But what about for you? So this one is a little bit higher for me on the list uh, on my list. This is um, like I said. There are definitely some things I do like about it. It was not properly executed. I will grant that for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I'm with you. Those kills were, were really good. Um, I just wish the MPAA hadn't have stuck their nose in there because I would love to see the assembly cut of this. Same here. I wish it would actually come out with like a special edition director's cut for the well, film. They did Halloween six, I was, so I'm, I wish they do it for for this one. They definitely do because it's it's been over thirty or forty years now. It's time to release a director's cut for this one. Not forty, because, man. The movie's not older than we are, <laughs> right? But you know what I'm saying, though. I think that it's time to release a director's cut for five. Even though I didn't really like five, maybe if they release a director's cut, it might land a little bit more on it. But yeah. for me personally, it just does not land as perfect as I wanted it to be. No, I do agree with you one hundred percent. But like I said, it's just a little bit higher on my list. This is where I would put. This is where I put the remake, and the reason why I put the remake here is because while the movie as a whole is not a good movie, I do like that they finally lean into the aspect of Frey's character that was there originally in the beginning, but they took out because they might have they deemed it a little too much. And that is the fact that Freddy is a child molester. That's one of the reasons why he's going after the kids. So I do like that they finally deviated. They, they, they took that and they started doing their own story with it. I was like, finally, we're getting originality, but that's about it. Um, I don't like a lot of the effects. The one that really pissed me off is when they tried to recreate the one where Freddy's coming through the wall. Just, yeah, no. No. <laughs> no. Um, just things like that. A uh, little bit along, uh, you know, a little bit on the long side. I do think Jackie Earl Haley was a good Freddy Krueger, but unfortunately, when you have to go up against Robert England, the legend, you know. Um, but yeah, outside of that one thing, there isn't much I can say good about it. That's why it is the second to last on my list. I gotcha. And not only that, but the makeup and prosthetics that they used for him wasn't that great. It seemed because like that's when they made him into yeah. what a real burn victim would look like. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and I, I just like the uh, cosmetics better for Robert England, even though it didn't mm. quite look like a burnt victim. No, that but one is based off of pepperoni pizza. That is a quote. That is that is. <laughs> I'm never going to look at that as uh, pepperoni pizza is the same again now. But, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, let's see here. Then uh, for my last one that I have for my worst is Freddy versus Jason. Really? Yeah. I went into it thinking that this was going to be really good, kind of scary. Yes, I'm there for the fun time and everything. But I wanted it to be a little bit more, a little less comical and a lot more horrifying. To be honest, I just didn't feel like it w- elevated into the sense of it being horrifying after that one scene that we got from uh, Friday the Thirteenth, uh, the final, uh, the final uh, Friday. You I wanted it to be, Friday. yeah. And after waiting all this time, I was expecting a lot more from it. 
and stuff. But yeah, I just didn't like the whole comical aspect of it. The pinball uh, thing, the the uh, Jay and Silent Bob uh, character. Weird one, yeah. Yeah. But there are some elements that I do like about it. I do like some of this, um, the CGI in it and stuff like that. And the fact that Freddy's now using Jason as a way to scare these kids on Elm Street and taking them out of Camp Crystal Lake. And I like the whole challenge of the kids. Like, well, what do we do? Either we die in our dreams or we die here in the real life. So I like that concept of the kids working together like that. But it's just the whole humor and the schnick of, of it. And I wanted it to be a little bit more darker. Oh, man, but, this is definitely higher up on my list. <laughs> I love that movie because uh, it, it came out when it came out of the right. When, I was the right age when it came out. Um, I, what year was that? 2001? No, uh, 2003 or 2004. 2003, because I was a senior in high school. My, my, I was, yeah, I was in my final years of high school. So this was definitely moved right up by Ali. I still have the original DVD version of it my room um but yeah that's definitely be higher on my list so <laughs> so but no in but, this yeah. spot my last my last bad one is nightmare on elm street 2 i've never been a fan of that one okay it's, it's been too much too it's it's a little too campy for my taste um i don't think any of the jokes are funny uh the idea of freddy coming into the real world like that like at least it was at least when Freddy versus Jason, when he does it, it, at least it's part, it hangs, at least it's true to what is established in the first Nightmare on Elm Street, whereas this one doesn't. <laughs> no, he's coming through no. somebody else's body. Yeah. Um, there's a few things that are, are decent in it. Like, I love Clue Gulager, who plays um, What's-His-Face's dad. Um, uh, a couple of the effects are good, like that parakeet from Hell. Um, but other outside of that, it's it's a poor sequel. <laughs> like, because you've got Nightmare on Elm Street two, and then three is like right back up here. It's this weird. I gotcha. Yeah. For me, it go, for me though, it's like rewatchability levels of mm. where I would actually put it. But I don't have it as my worst. But I don't have. But it's down to the bottom of the totem pole as far as rewatch. If I would rewatch it or not. Yeah. But, uh, so let's see here. I actually have the original Nightmare on Elm Street, of course, as my number one. Because I feel like if I put number three as my number one, it's like the most common answer. So yeah. I wanted to go a little bit different. I get it. <laughs> and the reason why I have the original on there is because nobody has done anything like this. This is the birth of New Line Cinema, the birth of Freddy, the birth place that yeah, Wes Craven put his work in. right so his this is actually Wes Craven's stamp on it of something original of someone killing somebody in their sleep and not knowing what to do in their most vulnerable state where they can't even fight back and then you have poor Nancy who is losing her friends and then having that body bag being dragged after her friend dies and then you also have the whole uh thing where her friends are dying on top of the wall crawling on top of the wall because of Freddy dragging her on the wall and then you also have her crack that whole entire blood splatter after when she lands on the bed. Oh my god! And then you oh, have Johnny the, Depp. The, yeah. the isn't the blood no the wasn't the blood splatter cut a cut from the Johnny Depp did. Well, I don't the reason why I said was there was there a splatter in Tina's death? Yeah, there was. There was actually a little bit of splatter. 
Like you notice, like when she's going down after Freddy kills her, yeah. there's some blood splatter that splashes onto her boyfriend. Wow, I don't remember that. Yeah, and unless I'm actually one of those things within my subconscious where basically you you seen the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the very original one yeah. in the 1970s. So my our, our subconscious is basically this. We think that it's a bloody scene, especially whenever the the Leatherface puts somebody on top of a meat hook, right? Hmm. And we're thinking, oh, that's a bloody scene. But we don't see no blood. But in our subconscious mind, we think that's actually a bloody scene. So maybe in my subconscious with this scene, maybe it might not be the blood splatter. Maybe it might just be the impact itself. What I'm thinking Because you have seen Never Sleep Again, right? Yeah. And yeah, they do show the deleted scene of Johnny Depp hitting in the splotches. I'm wondering, maybe you're thinking that. No, uh, I think I've actually seen it though. I, I, I need to go back and rewatch yeah, that one scene after after we're off this. If I check that out, because I don't remember. Yeah, I think so. I think there's like like uh, a little small blood splatter that goes on to Tina's boyfriend. Yeah. And um, then there's also that other scene where Johnny Depp, of course, they use all, I forgot how many gallons of blood to suck him in because I did a whole trivia on this like last year. Yeah. I, it's been a long time since I've actually done it, seen it. Uh, but, you know, just seeing him getting dragged and sucked through the bed and everything, I thought that was a really clever kill. You haven't seen same, that before. That is the same contraption they did to do Tina's death. Right. Okay. The same room that flips, that, that's what they use for that. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They did. Yeah, okay. That's what they created the effect of all the blood coming out because they just tilted the room upside down. And now, and also, too, this is also where everybody got sick, though, too, on set because of the way that the room was. Yeah. Because of how uh, tilted it was and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, that's why I have this one as my number one. Okay. So, yeah, I'm the basic bitch for Nightmare on the <laughs> is my favorite but this is where i this is where the distinction of favorite and best kick in because i i I, uh the best is the first one for a reason but when it comes to everything you said rewatchability yada yada my favorite is three because this is where fred this is the peak of freddy as funny um but this is like right where it's like if you if you had if you had a graph this is the part where both the the scary Freddy and the humorous Freddy cross and you get it at its best. Not only that, you got some really great kills like the puppet kill. Yep. Uh, the wizard kill. Um, the one with uh, the, 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 the drug needles in the arm, which is a little grody. Um, you get uh, things. Yeah, there's that. And plus... One of my favorite bands does the music for this movie, and one of my and my favorite song from said band is from this movie, Dream Warriors. By nice. I'm a huge fan of the of them, so there's a lot of reasons why this is my favorite. Uh, but yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I'm a basic bitch. I'll admit it. This is my number one, but I'm gonna say <laughs> right now, number two, the first nightmare is my number two. Okay. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, this is actually your number one is actually my number two. Yeah. So the thing I like about it is the fact that you take away the vulnerability, you take away the power. That, you know, when Nancy winds up bringing Freddy into the dream, uh, into our world, in the first one, it takes away his whole entire uh, his power. In the third one, you're basically taking away his power by fighting against him mm-hmm. in your dreams. And I love that concept of wait, we don't have to try and take him into our world. We'll try and take him down in his world without having to cross our world at all. 
So I like that idea of these kids um, in this being in, in, well, institutionalized. And you have Lawrence Fishburne in this movie. You also have some great kills, like you mentioned, especially with the um, where basically you have Joey, not not Joey. What was the other guy's name that they used for the uh, for the veins? Wasn't it Joey or no? No, uh, Joey didn't. You know, the ones the, the puppet one. Yeah, I'm forgetting the character's I, name. I don't remember because he gets killed off so early in the film. Um, right. Yeah, that I don't remember. But yeah, Joey gets tied up with the tongs on the bed and everything. So that's not him. Um, but I like that whole entire deal where, you know, I like the originality behind it. I think that it was a very clever way of actually bringing in these uh, nightmare, uh, these Elm Street kids to try and face off against Freddy in this uh, asylum. Mm-hmm. And I also like the kill that, that you mentioned with the veins coming out and then Freddy's using him as a puppet. And then you also have Welcome to Prime Time, bitch. Yeah, and it was improv. Yes. And I thought it worked. And of course, they used more dubbing whenever they used that voice, though, too, you know, to make it more scarier, to add in, uh, add it in more. And I also like how they improvised with the TV, with Freddy's head coming out of the TV for the antenna and everything. And then put, uh, just basically just takes the girl's head and brings it into the television set. Yeah, stuff like that. That's another one where, like, cause she was the one that watched all the TV, you know, all the way that stuff. Wanted to be actress, so it makes sense that that's that's her death. Like, every death is definitely tailored to something from everybody's personality. Well, okay, not every death because uh, Nancy, she just dies. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a great film. And then with number one, um, like a lot of lot of the kills, a lot of the effects were innovative. I love listening to how they made them. I love the fact that that was the one you mentioned earlier, the wall scared. That's just spandex. That's all right. Um, yeah, the, like there's a reason why why Nightmare on Elm Street is like this one of the standard bearers, one of the one of the pillars of of the slasher genre, and especially of 80s horror, and it's because of the first one. Like it, you're right, it put it put a whole company on the map. Exactly, because another thing that I really have to say that was really good, that was good too, was um, Freddy using their their own addictions against them, mm-hmm. like the heroin scene where he goes, "Let's get high." Yeah, and high, and then you you see the, the 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 track marks, and they're like suckers, right? And <laughs> also, like the other thing too, where you know. It also starts off inside the uh, the haunted, well, not haunted house, but in Freddy's house, in the boarded up house at the very beginning. And then you also have the mom who comes out from a date and stuff like that, too. And, you know, and then towards the end of it, they use that same sequence again. And he goes, hey, where's the bourbon? And, yeah. and then here comes, uh, he goes, I'll be down there in a minute. And then here comes Freddy, where's the bourbon, bitch? <laughs> Just... But I just thought this was hands down a clever way to bring in the franchise and also crossing over that hu- dark humor in with Freddy mm-hmm. and mixing in that darkness within him. I thought that they did a really good job with uh, part three. So part three is hands down one of my favorites. And of course, you know, you have Joey tied up to the bed because he has his crush on this nurse. And, he yeah. has a ton- and that's how he gets stuck in the dream world. And of course, now they have to go on ahead and... Um, whenever he goes, well, come and get him. And so now they have to try and go into the dream world to get him. 
and I definitely like the setup. I like the special effects with it. I thought it was a real good, uh, good one for the part three. Mm-hmm. So, what do you have for your best? Uh, well, like I said, my best was Nightmare on Street three. It was so, it was Nightmare one. Okay. <clears throat> and then now my third favorite is Freddy versus Jason. Okay. Because of all the nostalgia that it comes into it, do it for me. I just love that this is just an all-out drag-out brawl. Basically, everything that you have an issue with is why I love the movie. Minus the silent bomb thing, that was a little <laughs> weird. Um, it's Vegas Canadian Canadian film because it was filmed in Canada. So I mean, filmmaker can't go wrong with that. Um, yeah, love that. This is how what's his nuts goes out on Freddy Krueger. Give it to me. Um, <laughs> As for me, there's just too much fun to be had with it. Too many good memories. Uh, this one is purely up there for nostalgia's purposes. <laughs> I gotcha. But I want to roll back to part three for one second, though, too, because I there was one other scene that I liked, and I forgot to mention it. And I just like the whole uh, thing, too, besides the whole entire um, scene where basically the addictions and stuff like that. But there's also the other uh, scene where basically you see the little girl inside the boiler room in the very beginning of it, and she's trying to... Yeah, and then you see Freddy coming in from the shadows, and then you also have the D&D group, and Mm -hmm. Freddy's... And that's something that I thought that was really cool, was using D&D and trying to use D&D against Freddy, so I like that. Yeah, the wizard. Yeah, I'm the wizard master, and uh, speaking of the wizard master, I actually have the dream master uh, after this one. That is a good one, but before you continue, for some reason there's a kill I want to talk about that I thought was in this one. It's actually in five, and it's with Greta where they force feed her all that food. Oh yeah, I don't know if you ever I, saw the VHS cover, but on the back yeah. there's the image of her with the cheeks that terrified me as a child. Dude, I remember the VHS cover. I remember going into like a little small video store and seeing that on the front of the, on the back of the cover. I also remember the billboard for it though, too, in the video store for the advertisement though, too. Yeah, and it had another run. Yeah. I want to say that it had like a little small clip on the very bottom of it with that same thing. But man, that is just a gruesome scene altogether. It, it, yeah. I, 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 it's. <laughs> anyway, I wanted, I wanted to call uh, give a shout out to that. Okay. FBJ had a solid opening. Freddy versus Jason had a solid opening. Yeah, the way it, the way it opened, yeah. Um, yeah. Then Brian Chucky had a solid opening yeah. to also directed by Yeah, so that, that, cool. I love Freddy versus uh, not Freddy, but Bride of Chucky. I definitely love yeah. the opening sequence to that. And we might actually talk about that later on in the future or something like that for the Tiles Play franchise. Big fan of that franchise as well. Me too. So you know, I think that part four is actually a perfect combo to watch part three first and then watch part four back to back because mm-hmm. of the simple fact that you these are survivors from the third film oh, that are spreading seeking right and seeking revenge on those kids. And now they're out of the asylum, now they're in high school mm-hmm. and they're trying to fit into society again because they've been locked away for so long. And I like that concept of these kids who are actually like a fish out of water kind of situation trying to fit into society and then you have this one girl who just would not let freddie die who and i love the coloring within the boiler room itself mm-hmm. uh too and they're like look you're gonna wake this wake him up and everything and of course the dog pisses takes a piss that that and, is the one yeah. thing i do not like about this movie is how freddie comes back yeah all because of dog piss 
<laughs> and fire. But that's like the only thing I don't like about four. But other than that, though, I thought the kills were really clever. I thought the the setup, initial setup was, and then also like the little claw marks in the locker room to indicate that Freddy is back. Yeah, I like that part. Uh, there's also one other uh, thing too that I like within the kills. Uh, let's see here. There was also whenever he throws uh, one of the main girl that survived into the boiler itself and she burns alive and then it gets passed on to her friend because her, she her because basically she winds up calling a friend into that dream world and i like that whole entire deal now that it's been passed on now she has the power of all her friends to try and take down freddie and then you have the roach motel scene we have them running back and forth around um in the, that little small town and then you also have the movie theater scene though too where freddie has the meatball scene Let's see, do you guys go to horror conventions? Uh, to be honest with you, I did meet Robert once. Well, I live in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, Canada. Um, I have to travel six hours to go to the Northern Year's Convention to me, and then the next closest one is 18 hours away drive. So mm-hmm. I don't get out much. Yeah, um, I actually went to New Orleans, and they, they Robert was actually there, mm-hmm. and I got to meet Robert for the first time. That's cool. And yeah, and he only charged like 60 bucks for an autograph, which is like the cheapest. Uh, that's why I like about Robert is he's he's pretty reliable. You know what I'm saying? He's basically a more he's, not affordable. Trying, he's not trying to scam you. Exactly. But uh, I love his sense of humor. He's really friendly. He's down to earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, my aunt actually met him as well, but she was a TSA agent going through her line. Oh. And he, he goes, oh, Freddie. Goes, yeah, that's me. And so, uh, so she got to meet Robert. Nice. And he, she, she goes, by the way, I like you in Star Trek. He goes, thank you. No, not that many people know that I was actually in Star Trek. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he uh, he's in a lot of stuff, and especially right around the time and he took over, like he took the role for the career. Like he was at that point known for a miniseries that called V. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's popped up in a lot of places, but I mean, like, that's what happens though when when uh, you create such an iconic role. It's like one of Robin Williams things that he used to say is like, people would ask him what uh, would ask him, like, what was it like after you won the Oscar? Like, how did people treat you? And he's like, Oh, it was great for first couple of weeks. People would be like, you know, Hey, you know, great job in the movie. You know, congratulations on the Oscar or whatever. And then like two weeks later, he'd be like, Hey, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So what do you have for your next one? Uh, so, okay, so I've done, so Nightmare 3 was my number one, uh, Nightmare, the original is my number two, Freddy vs. Jason is my number three, so this one would actually be Wes Craven's new Nightmare. Okay, I actually have that one next, so. Right, enough me next is number four. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's funny how that happens, but yeah, no, this was, uh, I, this is basically Scream the Beta, um, all the meta commentary that goes into it, because this one is basically, uh, Freddy is portrayed as an actual demon that takes the form of Freddy Krueger. Heather Langenkamp's a real character. Wes Craven's a real character. Robert Englund's a real character. Basically, it's what happens if Freddy legitimately crosses over the real world. Um, so definitely some great stuff. Freddy is great, like really, really terrifying in this. Um, I like that his like now the claw has on the thumb as well. Um, I like how they pay a lot of different homages to things from the originals, from the uh, other movies in this. For example, the death of the babysitter is 
a, a mirror of the death of Tina in the original. Um, uh, no, this is a really, really good movie. And honestly, if the first one wasn't as great as it was, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people would consider this one the best of the franchise. Because right, Wes Craven's return to the franchise because he hadn't had anything to do with it since I think like two or three. And that's one of the things I like about it was because it's the return of Wes Craven. It's also a very meta kind of thing. This is actually my first meta movie that I watched as an 11 or 12-year-old and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I really loved how meta it actually was. And this is like basically kind of the formula that we use for Scream in a sense oh, with yeah, the meta. Yeah. That's, like that's what I like. Scream before Scream. Right, Exactly. And, you know, I definitely love how it's set up. And then you have Nancy, him trying to get Nancy to come back for one last time, reading the script. You have Robert England playing Robert England. You have uh, the Freddy Hand. The, yeah. That horrifying cloth, though, whenever they get taken off the prop, the prop set and it kills Nan- the actress's Husband. boyfriend Husband. from the set. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely for sure. And actually, what's funny enough is this, like, again, it's mentioned in Never See Again, so you've seen this, but how this was filmed during the the big earthquake, the big LA earthquakes. And so they actually have footage of that in the film. It's basically a big budget lifetime movie. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't quite get that, but okay. No, I, I don't know about that, but I definitely like the fact that, you know, you have the little girl who is basically the actress. Um, mother who plays uh plays the main character and she's watching the movie go on and go on and then the tongue comes out of the phone you also have this whole entire deal with the son mm-hmm. who is seeing freddie and going through the he goes look it changes at nighttime where it goes through my covers and i go into a different world and he's trying to explain it to her and i like how they use the hansel and Brett, gretel kind of an um, analogy yeah yeah, I like that with the pills. Um, but also, too, they also do, like you said, an homage to the original where basically they take the babysitter and put her on the wall and drags her because, have you ever played Skin the Cat? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I definitely like that. And then, of course, the, even the nurse is very evil, though, too. Mm-hmm. And every single movie that she's in, this actress always gets under your skin no matter what you see her in. Yeah, I'm trying to her name right now. I'm just quickly looking it up. Uh, Friend Bennett. Yep. Every single time when you see her, you know that you're in for an interesting ride. Mm-hmm. This, but yeah, hands. And then of course, Freddy's lair is no longer a house. It's in the sewer systems and stuff like that too. So I like that concept too. So everything's original within this movie itself and very meta. Hands down, one of my favorites. Easily, mine too. So now I've got one of you. Now this is actually one of your worst ones that you didn't like, and it's down to the. It's about rewatchability. It's about uh, nostalgia for me on how I rank this one, and it's the Nightmare on Elm Street to Freddy's Revenge. And the reason why I like this is because I like that haunted bus ride. Uh, okay. Like that opening scene. It has a good opening scene. Um, I, I don't like the junkyard dogs or anything like that. I didn't really care for that. But I like the fact that they're going into the school where Fred Cougar used to work at yeah. and try to figure out what can, what is ambulating 
uh, Jesse's thoughts and stuff like that with the connection of Freddy. I like that psychological kind of deal going on. But I think if they went on ahead and left out the whole entire deal where Fred comes out that way through Jesse and just left it at the fact, okay, so he winds up going, it's Nancy's old house. Um, she, he has the diary. He's reading the diary. He's and the stuff that he's reading is horrifying enough to make him have nightmares. And that would be the way to go for the plot. But as far as how they did this and everything, um, I understand the logic behind it. I understand the message that it was trying to send during that time. This is also one of the first uh, gay homosexual uh, movies that we've seen. Look at it on the nose, but you could tell I don't think that was the intent when they wrote it. (laughs) No. But, you know, and then you have the whole entire coach scene where he's in the BDSM outfit, too. Mm -hmm. And he's making Jesse run around uh, the gym and things like that, too. But the opening scene alone and then the whole entire uh, deal at the beach house and everything, too. I thought that was a good scene for Fred to come out. And you have the uh, flames going up around the swimming pool. And he goes, these are my children. and. I like how haunting he is in this scene. And then he disappears in a cloud of smoke and everything later on. And then, of course, you have love will basically conquer all in the last part, which kind of takes you out a little bit. But as far as the setup, initial setup and stuff like that, I think it's okay. But it's not one of my ones that I go to as far as like I have to go and watch this one first. I always go with the first, third, and fourth one, and then I go into maybe the second one later on. But that's just me. Yeah, like I said, I'm if I'm gonna watch them, I'm gonna do the whole series in order, so I have yeah. to watch it. But yeah, I got the box set, so <laughs> yeah, me too. I've got the the Blu-ray set that uh, came out. I think I got Freddy versus Jason twice, but no. yeah, I need to get that Blu-ray set though. To be honest with you, because I got the DVD set. Yeah, I used to have the DVD set. I used to have the original DVD set. But yeah, I used to have the, well, matter of fact, I still have the original uh, DVD set with the 3D glasses, the encyclopedia, the documentary uh, stuff on there. And of course, I just bought the Robert England documentary. Oh. Uh, that, ooh, yep, that's the one I need to get, yep. that one. But I bought the Robert England documentary from Walmart. I need to dive deeper into that because I've watched the Kane Harder uh, documentary not too long ago and did a oh, review on that. I haven't gotten around to it. Well, it's actually free on YouTube right now. Oh, okay. That's good to know. So you can watch the Kane Harder one free on YouTube, and that's how I came across watching it. Uh, which Freddy look do we like the best? Bobby wants to know. Which Freddy look that I like the best? Probably the original. Mm. Yeah, probably the one like, from the first one. Okay, so I, I'm going to go with the original look as well, just because of how menacing he is and how dark looking he is. And especially that one scene where they basically got like a little short dude to play that one part with their arms. Yeah. And everything. I thought uh, just the whole entire makeup, cosmetics, and stuff like that itself was really horrifying. So mm-hmm. I have to go with the original. Yeah, but if yeah, I have definitely. to go with my second favorite, it would have to be Dream Warriors. So for me, my second favorite is New Nightmare, just because of the changes they did and how yeah. they made it more scary, which I've already met, talked about. So right, all right. Well, that concludes the rankings and stuff. But you know, I actually own the DVD of Freddy versus Jason because I have to have it to complete my set. I'm yep. not one of those people that I can't not have something of a movie franchise. I have to have them all. 
Uh, yeah, me too. It's just like an OCD thing with me. I don't know what it yeah. is, but it's a completionist thing. I'm the same way. It's the only reason I have the Snyder cut on 4K. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, like it, I had, I've done it with all the franchises. So I've got all the uh, Nightmares. I've got all the Fridays. And this is the one that took me the longest because it's my least favorite of the three. I do have all the Halloweens. Yeah, I was debating if I wanted to do that. Are not good. That timeline is all confusing and stuff like that, too. Yeah. And I like the 2017 Halloween, but after that, no. I was like, okay, I'm just done after this, the last two. So I like the 2017. I I, I did enjoy um, Halloween Ends was the second one in that trilogy? Uh, kills. Kills. I did like Halloween Kills. I still haven't seen Halloween Ends, funny enough. I'm the first Rob Zombie one. I'm not going to lie. Rob Zombie one was actually pretty decent. Yeah, the second one, no. <laughs> yeah, one of the few yeah. times I left the movie theater with my scratching my head. I'm, I'm with you on that one too. But yep, yeah, that's kind of concluded, man. But do you have anything going on as far as your channel goes and things like um, that? To be honest, I don't actually, I don't do this stuff as much. Like I, said, I do have my couple shows I do at fifty, but uh, I don't really, I don't really do this as much anymore. So you can find me on my personal Instagram and Twitter at sorta underscore the underscore stacks, man. And you can find me doing fun with flags over with Fifty Shades of Geek on the Northern Entertainment Group and. Uh, it's been a little bit since we've done it because of our schedules, but I do have a wrestling channel that uh, when we can, me and my buddy Dagan go live and for about an hour and just talk about the happenings of wrestling and stuff. So Nice. Yeah. Uh, so I do have a couple of little small announcements that we're doing here on the channel. So tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, I will be interviewing um, the producer and director of the little short film that's been that might actually be nominated for an Academy Award nomination the short film on it's called Nasse. It's about the 442nd um uh, World War II veterans in and World War II. And we're, we're gonna talk about that. And then uh, we also have some other shows coming out. I know that we're gonna do a shocker review on November 1st, and we're gonna be teaming up with Biv Biv Studio um podcast. We're gonna be doing that one. And then we're trying to do Grumpy Old Men for Thanksgiving. So I love that movie. You know, I tried doing it on the channel. And as a matter of fact, I had the video on the channel, but I tried doing it when I was sick. And I thought that I could do it because my voice was not holding out. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I would have to redo this. So I'm probably going to try and redo that one that and try to have it out for the audio uh, podcast. Movie. I love it. I love it to death. But yeah, that's everything that's going on over here at Movie Lovers Tonight. I hope that you guys enjoyed this segment of ranking all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Do me a favor, smash that like button, smash the subscribe button, give us a five-star rating wherever you guys get your audio podcast. Thank you so much, Bobby, for uh, being able just to comment with us and just talk to us. They should play Dutch for Thanksgiving, <laughs> which Freddie looked to. Okay. Uh, ever see Dutch? No, never seen Dutch, but I did play Dutch. I did play Dutch <coughs> because I used to pay. Um, I pay uh, the girl would pay hers and I would pay mine. So therefore I played Dutch. So therefore, <laughs> but anyways, that's going to be it as far as the show goes. Thank you so much, Bobby. I do appreciate it. I hope that you wind up watching more of our content and listening to more of our content as well. And always until next time, guys, have a great and safe night. And thanks again, Soda. I do appreciate this as always.